Welcome to Down the Garden Path Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Shaw, and I'm kicking off this new season of Down the Garden Path Podcast by releasing some new episodes of vintage radio shows from my past. I know you're going to enjoy them, so stay tuned and have a listen. This week on Down the Garden Path, we are going to be discussing water in the garden with Ernest Williams from Aquascape. Ernest Williams is the territory sales manager for Eastern and Northern Ontario with Aquascape for 12 years. He's been in in the horticultural industry for 17 years, involved in many aspects of the business, including warehousing, purchasing, sales, and consultation. He's always trying to encourage people to take the plunge into the water feature lifestyle. When the water feature is done right, they'll never look back. Welcome to the show, Ernest. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, I'm glad. We, I think this is a great topic, so I'm so excited you're able to join us. Great. Hey, Ernest. Thanks Hello. again for joining us. Um, why don't you start yeah. off? Yeah, no, we're gonna, why don't you start off telling us a bit about about, uh, about Aquascape? Okay, well, yeah, Aquascape is uh, one of the leading manufacturers of water garden products, uh, sort of in North America and around the world, um, designing and, and creating you know, pumps and filter systems and a whole philosophy around building uh, low-maintenance, mm-hmm. almost self-sustaining water features um, that can be enjoyed by anybody on a small patio to a large uh, properties. So, yeah, it's been an exciting run, and uh, we're continuing to see growth and change and uh, a lot of ways to add water to any landscape. That's great, and we love those words, low maintenance, here on down the <laughs> garden path, don't we? For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, the system, uh, it almost works on itself as we try to work. You know, one of our taglines is uh, work with Mother Nature, not against her, so we're really using um, you know, water treatments that include a fair number of you know, beneficial bacteria and a lot of natural processes in order to maintain these uh, water features. Excellent. Well, that is good to hear. I'm looking forward to learning more. Cool. So, Ernest, uh, who is your main business focus? Is it homeowners, landscapers, contractors? Great question. You know, we, um, we typically, um, you know, our customer base, when I look at my list, it's it's uh, it's landscape professionals, uh, contractors that uh, have added water features, the ability to bring those to their clients. But we're also selling to retailers who are going to, you know, retail to the the do-it-yourself market as well. A lot of homeowners want to take on these tasks uh, for themselves. So there's uh, retail establishments that um, are, you know, carrying these products and providing training for uh, homeowners, seminars, and other things to help them uh, do it. The end user, I mean, ultimately becomes a customer mm-hmm. because they are using our product. And so we've really taken to, you know, uh, social media and other ways of encouraging them to, to see what's out there and, and give it a try. So yeah, all of the above, I guess I'll have to mm-hmm. check out <laughs> my customers. That's good. Um, so I know Aquascape carries a variety of different features, different types of products, but are there any, what are the growing trends or the hot topics right now in water features? Um, well, just the name itself, uh, water features. Uh, for a long time, it was really ponds. 
Mm-hmm. Um, ponds are what we did, what we sold. All the products we had were around ponds. Um, and the growing trend is, is really around water features, just mm-hmm. the ability to have a, a little bubbling uh, something, <laughs> a bubbling rock. Um, I've seen, I was just at a show this weekend, and there's a big tree stump that uh, one of our landscapers had designed to uh, bubble water from the top of it. It was about four feet tall, and it was just a, basically a big bubbling trunk of uh, tree. Wow, um, that's cool. So all these different, so, so water features really is the growing trend that yeah. we've designed products really just making it simple to get water into the into the backyard or in the front yard really or any any yard <laughs> yeah for sure i could totally agree with you because i think when my clients mention having water in their garden that's how they use it they say call it a water feature yeah 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 that's yeah. the word yeah yeah no but it's it's great because it, it uh, really does i mean for us it expands our our, our market mm-hmm. really ponds are um are limiting if you will just because not everybody wants a pond mm-hmm. um, but a water feature um, water gardening is another term we use, just because it's a whole other, you know, avenue of, of gardening of it available to the avid gardener. And it's kind of something they want to get their their blue thumbs uh, in. You know, <laughs> got their green thumbs. And, uh, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. I would say too, their blue thumbs. Yeah, get out your blue thumbs. That's tweetable, Ernest. That's there very go. good. <laughs> get your blue thumb on. There goes Matt tweeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the phone in hand. Yeah. That is one cool. thing that's hard to do is to have a radio show and tweet at the same time. <laughs> More so, power to you. That's, that's right. That's right. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, those are definitely some trends we see. Just the ability to add, you know, any type of water feature into the yard. Excellent. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was gonna ask. So we say these water features, but what are what is a water feature? Are there different types of water features that a homeowner can have or that Aquascape provides? There are. Um, so as I mentioned, yeah, ponds were always a, and continue to be a, a you know a big part of our business. A lot of our catalog is devoted to it, be it you know some of the water treatments we provide and the pumps and filter systems for ponds. There are you know limitations. Sometimes you know maybe a, a condo board might have mm. rules against open water. So we've developed other products. Again, those water features. One is a it's, we call it a pondless waterfall. Um, basically, picture your waterfall and stream not emptying into a pond, but just a, a gravel uh, basin that's uh, refilled, recirculating that water. So that's a, a pondless waterfall is another product we sell. Um, and then other fountainscapes, those other bubbling features, uh, stacked urns and smaller patio ponds. So there's a lot of really, it comes to what's available, what the customer really wants to have in their yard. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, if you picture some smaller subdivisions or, or sorry, tightly knit subdivisions mm-hmm. where there's not a lot of yard space. Yeah. Um, we've developed, you know, patio ponds. You can sit right on the deck. You know, they're most uh, 40 inches round. Um, and that's a way to add, again, water to the, the garden. You can put a little um, spitting dragonfly, you know, kind of thing. Oh, large, yeah. Uh, water feature that spits into it and recirculates. Maybe there's another term I can use other than spitting, but anyway, <laughs> just that thought of uh, recirculating the water and splashing. That way. How about splashing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, other than that, there's yeah, those those pondless features, um, stacked urns, um, bubbling rocks, lots of ways to to add water. But sometimes it's uh, full sun might be a concern. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, the grandkids are over and there's just some 
concern over you know large open waters. You know, the ponds might be more attractive. Um, sometimes just you know the amount of uh, nature that comes once you add water to a, a yard yeah. um, yeah. is something to consider. We can you know talk about uh, predator control and other things. Okay. Um, but uh, that might be a, a deterrent to adding um, you know fish to a, a pond. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, maybe a pondless might be more uh, advantageous or mm-hmm. desirable. And would you say pondless would be a little bit more budget friendly as well? In some cases, okay. um, yeah. I, I, to be honest, uh, I've seen some you know rather elaborate pondless features. Yes. Too, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's yeah there's simple yeah. ponds and complicated <laughs> water features. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, you know okay. that's, that's uh, yeah definitely now that the range is is quite vast. Excellent. So when so if a, a homeowner decides they'd like a water feature, mm-hmm. where do they start? Is it is it the location? Is it figuring out the size? Is it is it budget? You know where what is the best place for a, a homeowner to start? Yeah, it a lot of it is is desire. Um, you know, it, it's uh, we've really designed water features, and what we've just seen is um, when folks are introduced to them, uh, it, you know, there's so much evidence around moving water being beneficial to our, you know, our well-being. And so there's that aspect. Just the desire to have a water feature is one thing. And then you look at your yard. Um, how are you going to be enjoying this? Are you, you know, are you traveling a lot and you're not around at all? So then maybe a pondless might be uh, something that you can turn off and turn on when you're around. Um, for, you know, retired folks or folks that are home um, a fair bit and they, you know, love fish and plants, um, and a pond is definitely what to consider. And then you look at the design of your, your yard. How much space do you have for a, um, uh, a feature? And then it, made, it just comes down to research. Uh, there's so much available to the homeowner, whether it's you know, Facebook and YouTube and mm-hmm. other places you can yeah. see water features. And, you know, definitely check out the local home shows. This is, you know, we've hit April now, and mm-hmm. so there's definitely one in your neighborhood, I can almost say, you know, categorically. Um, take a look at, at the home show. See what's, what's being offered by local landscapers. Uh, visit your, you know, the retailers around that are selling water features. See what's available to you. Do you want to take on this task yourself? Um, or do you want to have a professional do it for you? So um, those are the places to start. So it really comes down to a bit of research that you want to consider. And then it's, um, yeah, just investigating what's what's available to you. Okay. So, yeah, I can see that being tricky, deciding on what the homeowner can do themselves and what they need to uh, delegate to a, a contractor. Right, yeah. How is it? How easy is it for uh, a homeowner to do, like, how, how much of a, a DIY project is it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Whenever I... I talk on this i almost wear you know both hats it's just as easy you know buy it and do it yourself but then definitely hire a contract but it, <laughs> it uh it really is to to scale and to scope um, okay. we have a fair number of uh do-it-yourself or diy backyard kits um that are available to the, the do-it-yourselfer okay but and it really comes to that do-it-yourselfer so in our history what we've seen is a lot of folks will own three or four ponds, uh, maybe one or two that they did try themselves <laughs> and totally enjoyed, perhaps. Okay. Um, but then, you know, as the the scale and you know, they maybe not have uh, dug it big enough, and 
it's it's a lot of work as well, mm-hmm. and there's a fair bit of expertise that's required. And there are companies that have devoted themselves to it. So right. there's that aspect where um, they'll find a, you know, a, a, a trained professional to, to do it for them. But uh, yeah, no, to start, I, you know, um, I mean, I'm a bit of a do-it-yourselfer. I've, you know, I try other things, you know, I'll do, I'll change my oil for a couple of <laughs> times and then I'll pass it off to a mechanic to do it for me. But, um, but there's that aspect of, of doing it yourself and then uh, having a professional do it. Okay. And how are the, um, I guess I can see the pond being very challenging to do yourself, you know, like you said, digging out and stuff. The pond list, is that something that's a little bit more, you know, can we put a pot, like, I don't want to oversimplify things, but, you know, I've thought of, you know, putting a pump inside a large um, ceramic pot and setting that in my garden. And that that can't be that hard, can it? No, for sure. No, it's not. Um, A lot of the fountainscapes are definitely features that that can be done. Okay. but again, it's to scale. Um, we've seen some elaborate fountainscapes that require a professional to do, um, but we also have some mini fountains, uh, you know, little leaning vases that are, you know, you just dig a small two-foot hole, two by two, and maybe 18 inches deep, and you can drop this basin in, and then put some rocks on top, and and you have a, a bubbling feature. Um, aside from that, there's professionals that will you know dig a larger hole mm. and create you know a bit of a, a, a more elaborate feature mm-hmm. that they'll you know i mean there's uh, soil conditions and access and stone and um again it's it's that professional touch that a lot of our you know professional landscapers bring to uh design and you know fitting it into what you're uh you, yeah what you're looking for and right. what you'll enjoy right so, yeah Okay. Great. So are there, we're talking about just doing it ourselves. Is there any other really popular misconceptions that hmm. that you find that really hold back homeowners from doing it themselves? Or Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it is, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions around water um, oh. and, you know, disease and, and mosquitoes and other things. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of those misconceptions are around moving water um, because the thought is, uh, moving water doesn't harbor um, mosquito larvae. So moving that water through pumps and recirculating that water is actually going to, in some ways, uh, limit the amount of, of uh, mosquitoes in an area because they are going to, to try to lay their, their larvae in that, in that moving water and then be destroyed and, and eaten by the, the pumps. And if you've got fish in there, they're going to eat it up. So Ooh. those kind of myths around um, water and, you know, the difference between stagnant water and, and moving water. Mm-hmm. The other um, hesitation is probably the amount of, of, of stone and, and rock and the sizes. And I only say that because we try to encourage sort of the natural look of, of water features, yeah. okay. which includes stone, mm-hmm. um, whether it's you know, large gold boulders, because a naturalizing in a, a water feature kind of requires a, a variety of stone sizes as opposed to sort of one hand-placeable size. <laughs> I do want some larger boulders to offset so it doesn't look like one yes. big yeah. sort of 12-inch rock pile. That's right. So, That's right. Um, yeah, you're, you're appealing to our design, uh, uh, you know, our design Excellent. expertise over here. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it doesn't okay. need to look like a ball pit with a water fountain in the center, right? <laughs> exactly. A big wet uh, rock uh, quarry yard or whatever. Right? That's, so. that's right. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And then, you know, implementing, you know, um, I, you know, just actually looking at a picture of a customer of ours, we built one that actually mimicked a, a bit of a beaver dam. He had some uh, chewed off stone, uh, wood pieces in right in within his water feature. And, okay. Um, so definitely, you know, driftwood and, and stumps and other things you can add to that water oh, feature. Neat. And, of course, aquatic plants uh, thrive in water features. Um, so definitely tying in the, the landscape and then retaining walls that help bring that whole landscape together. The other thing I'll uh, want to make sure I do cover is lighting. Mm, um, yes. We you know, have a whole line of underwater lighting. Um, definitely want to consider that if you're adding any type of water feature. Right. Um, but actually any outdoor, you know, we talk about the outdoor room experience and, you know, kind of extending the inside outside, uh, whether it's, you know, it's, you know, really nice patios and outdoor kitchens and, 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 Light, outdoor lighting and ponds uh, kind of complete that. So definitely having lighting within the pond. You know, I encourage you know shining it up at a waterfall, mm-hmm. uh, having it right in within the pond, and then the lighting we have actually can be used externally too. Um, it's all low voltage LED lighting um, that will uplight trees and shrubs and signs and other things. So definitely bringing uh, lighting to a water feature allows it to to live, if you will, well into the into the night. Excellent. And you, and Aquascape um, sells all of that, the Correct. lighting, yeah. all the lot. Okay, well, that's good to know that people don't have to go elsewhere, no. right? It's all in one place, yeah. And that kind of alleviates maybe some of that fear of being at home if you have a, a lit water feature at night. It's, you know, Absolutely. more of a safety issue too, right? Yeah. Kind of yeah, no, I, I you know, argue if you don't add lights, I mean, just think about it. You've just dug a hole, <laughs> filled it with water, and then turned out all the lights. Yeah, okay. <laughs> for sure. This party, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely have lights uh, for, you know, our entertaining. We all come home, yeah. or I come home late yes, at night. Yes, we all do, yeah. Yeah, yeah the party wants to go on till late, and, yeah, you want to enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, for a pond owner, um, fish tend to be more active at night. Uh, just because their their natural predators can't see them in, in the darkness, so they will be a little mm. more mm. Uh, moving around, and so you can capture that activity yeah. uh, with light. So. Okay, I did want to go back to the rock thing, um, and maybe you can maybe this is a misconception that I've heard, mm-hmm. but I thought there was a, a certain type of rock that actually isn't good for round ponds; that it actually leaches out. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Am I correct? Am I yeah. okay? Yeah, we would discourage the use of a lot of our, our limestone rocks. Ah, that's oh, it. Um, okay. So, um, but that being said, I, you know we're in Canada, and a lot of our rock is, is limestone. limestone. Yes. So we've, uh, you know, for ease of application, definitely sticking with some of the denser rocks, the granites, and and uh, armor stone around the in the ponds. Okay. Um, but on the edge and around. Uh, the pond. That's obviously it's it's fine to to use that limestone. Okay. But we've developed we have a, a number of products um, that will help combat that. So if if it's so desired and you know there's just no talking this client out of mm-hmm. using uh, limestone, then you know, we have um, we have a few products. One is the um, it's an ion gen. It's an ionizer for the pond, and it uh, uh, distributes a. Uh, a trace amount of, of a you know a blend of of products to to combat algae growth within okay. the pond. Okay. And just con- con- you know, electronically controlled, so it's it's not uh, getting out of control and affecting the plants and fish in the pond. But mm-hmm. it uh, just a trace amount to to keep that algae from from blooming. 
Okay. Um, the other misconception is that, you know, algae in a pond is a sign of a bad pond. Mm, um, yes. But to be honest, it actually is the sign of a healthy pond. Mm-hmm. There's a fair number of nutrients available for that algae to thrive and grow, but uh, it's unsightly to the eye, and so we try to control it within a pond. Cool. So okay, use, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, aquatic plants and, and fish will help control algae too, and just uh, create a healthy balance will help okay, uh, control nice. algae growth. And I had one other question about the stone. We talked about using different shapes and sizes with the larger stone. Is there anything to consider when you move into the the smaller stone and making that natural look? Ah, um, definitely. Like for the so when we get to the smaller stone, I'm kind of thinking of any of the shelf areas within the pond or on the bottom. Yeah. Um, I'm you know looking for more rounder rounder river rock. Okay. Um, in the you know one to one to two inch size, three quarter inch to that size, just covering the the liner really. It just uh, helps naturalize it, so you don't see any of the uh, the components we've used. And then outside of that, the larger stone, maybe starting you know six to twelve inches or so, and then oh, okay. some of the larger ones, twelve to eighteen inches, and maybe a few um, larger ones, eighteen mm-hmm. to twenty four. And what that does is, especially in a a waterfall. Um, and this comes down to kind of philosophy of building ponds, but water tends to, you know, naturally, when, I like to say when you do your research and you're walking through the woodlands and you know, seeing all the, <laughs> the waterways and streams, water's always passing through the lowest area in the stream um, where it's, you know, over time has either found a, a way through that low area. Okay. So we try and mimic that within the pond mm-hmm. design so you have um, maybe some framing boulders around that stream. Um, in order to give that illusion of water passing through the lowest area. So we've got larger framing boulders and then a spillway through the middle of it. Um, so we kind of duplicating these cascading streams along your stream or in your waterfall uh, in order to, you know, sort of fool the eye to, the eye to make it seem like it's, it's uh, natural and it's mm-hmm. been there all along. Okay. Wow, that is neat. So that that shows you that you do kind of need a bit of a professional sometimes, unless you have really have a for good sure. eye for it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah. you mentioned liner. So that brings us. So we actually have an email question for you, Ernest. Great. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead, Matt? Yeah. Um, so John is asking which is better, a pre-molded pond or one that is made with your geotextile or a, a liner, yeah. a plastic liner. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, so for a long time, um, preformed ponds, uh, various shapes and sizes, uh, you know, Victoria ponds and Camarel, the other names we used to use for them, were the all, you know all the rage, and they were a really simple way to add a little pond to your your yard. You dig a hole, drop the preformed in, and try and backfill as best you could. <laughs> the issue that came with it is because they're so contoured, you almost have to dig the hole exactly that same shape. Or after a little while, um, the you know the edge starts to give way, and and uh, um, you sort of lose that, that that beautiful shape. So the liner has been a um, a great savior for that, because it it conform it conforms to whatever you've dug. So what we use is a combination of an underlayment, which is a, it's a cloth, a filter cloth, if you will, a geotextile, non-woven, really thick membrane to um, add a cushion layer underneath um, a rubber compound. We call it, it's an, or we don't call it, but it's an EPDM rubber liner. And the, the brand we use is the Firestone brand. Um, it's 45 mil thickness. 
and it's great for our Canadian winters. It, um, uh, it's got a cold crack, so it really isn't going to be affected by the cold up until minus 45 or so. So for all you oh, wow. pond builders that want to be out there in minus 45 weather, you don't have to worry about uh, <laughs> the liner cracking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but the other side of it is really the only thing that breaks down EPDM is, is ultraviolet rays, UV. And so we offer a, it's a 20-year UV warranty on this liner. Wow. And to be honest, you're putting it underwater, so it's already not affected by the UV. Right. As well as you know, our application work, we're covering it with, with stone. So it, it's almost, I'm going to go on radio so I can't say it's a lifetime <laughs> warranty, but it's almost a lifetime okay. warranty. Okay. <laughs> It'll last for, for a long, long time. We've pulled up a number of ponds that are, you know, it's fun as the company gets older, going back and, you know, and either redoing or pulling up old ponds. And some of these liners are 20, 30 years old, and they're still... Um, uh, effective. And wow, well, so. that is great. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question, John. Mm-hmm. Um, for pre-molded or made with cloth. So, and then I guess you can be a bit more creative then, also with the with the cloth. Exactly. Yep. Size-wise yeah. and depth-wise. Yeah. Um, the liner is the EPDM is is a it's a uh, great product we use. It uh, anywhere from you know five foot wide up to fifty feet wide. And you know, 100 feet long, and it can be seamed together. And so I've seen some, you know, rather you know, massive ponds put together with EPDM liner, um, as well as some really long streams for pondless features. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, quite quite a neat product, and uh, again, is great for our our Canadian winters here. I get, okay, so now I'm going to ask a, kind of a silly question, but <laughs> so the one thing to me about the 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 pre-molded is that it would have an at the ground level, it's going to have like a clean edge. So okay. what, what, how does the, how does the fabric, and of course I've never built a pond, but how does the fabric, like how do you create that seal? Yeah. Is that okay. a word? Do you know where I'm going with yeah, that? Yeah, I totally see. Yeah. So okay. picture, um, this is the power of radio. I know. It's the challenge with radio. <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't see your drawing. Oh, draw with her. <laughs> but you, you dig a um, you're going to dig a hole. Okay. Um, your hole isn't one big box, um, but you're actually going to create shelves within that. So maybe picture an amoeba, kind of, okay. you know, maybe or a kidney shape, if you will. <clears throat> and then within that, I'm going to dig another smaller hole. So now I've got a shelf created, and shelves are great for ponds because aquatic plants grow at different levels. Um, it does help to naturalize it a bit better. Um, okay. And, you know, so for me, I like to build ponds, you know, that are, you know, two feet or, you know, two and a half feet deep. And so I've got boulders that are going to go within that area. So I'm kind of creating. So anyway, you've got these kind of concentric circles inside that kidney shape. Okay. And you've got a smaller one inside. So then yeah. I'm going to put boulders around the edges within that hole that are going to come up just a little bit above the shelf beside it. And I've got a shelf beside those boulders. And I'm going to put another layer of boulders around the edge of that pond. So when I look at the pond, I don't see any of the liner because there's boulders up against that liner that has now come out the side of the pond. So that extra liner that kind of creates the the top of the pond, I'm going to fold over, maybe even roll it up, and create a small trench right beside the pond. And then I can backfill soil right up against those rocks so that I can bring my landscape right up to the pond 
that I don't really see any of the liner that was used. Okay. And I've got, you know, I can plant right up against it. I can mulch right up against it. I can have a stone, uh, you know, river rock edge to the pond. Um, but that's kind of the way I mask the, the rubber liner okay. within the pond. A lot of this, actually, if you go on, I'm just going to plug YouTube here, but there's a fair bit <laughs> of information that, that we've put out on YouTube. If you go to our website, um, you can sort of visually see what I've been trying to uh, describe. I don't know if that helped at all. No, well, no, Ernest, it, it you got You have to slow down because uh, we have Matthew texting. No, no, he's Every, trying. No, he's, no. he's, he's texting <laughs> everyone how to do it. Yeah, I'm just no, saying. No, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> Right. He's drawing That's me a diagram fly. for sure. <laughs> but water, now I'm thinking about rainwater. So rainwater yeah. isn't, I guess if water goes in the pond, water goes in the pond, like, you know, or yeah. behind the pond. Like, I guess I'm thinking if rainwater gets in under the liner. Under that ceiling goes mm. down to the right. bottom of the pond. Yes. Great question. So that's one of the reasons so I mentioned about that geotextile, mm-hmm. uh, the underlayment. So not only does it create a cushion for uh, the liner for the, you know, the, you've dug it all out and, You've, you've sort of hoped you've you know cut away any roots that are under the ground or stone. You've removed all that. But it acts as a cushion for that liner. But it also, because of the, the nature of it, if you can think of any wicking fabric, um, any water that does build up under the pond wants to sort of wick away to the sides. And that fabric actually wicks that water wow, away. Wow, that's great. Um, okay. So it's actually, yeah, it's, it's uh, almost an essential part of, of building the pond. We have a lot of people that bypass that step unfortunately mm. and, and yeah, sort, of, sort of frustrated because um sometimes when you've dug into the ground there's just there you know this uh, thermal energy the earth creates a, a difference in temperature right. either it's cooler in the summer and hotter in the winter yeah. down below at that bottom area and so you end up with condensation on the outside of the liner and if there's no protection underneath that liner there's the potential for it to start eroding under that liner oh, okay. um or building up, and you know we've seen you know, the power of hydrostatic pressure kind of pushing even some of those rocks we've placed in the pond, starting moving those away. Oh, okay. and so that filter cloth, that underlayment, uh, helps to keep that under control. Excellent. So that's an important step not to skip. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So um, yeah, the design of it again. I mean. If a do-it-yourselfer wants to take the time and, and really go step-by-step, step, we've designed, uh, you know, one of the uh, ways that uh, the company, you know, the owner of our company, I uh, actually calls himself the pond guy, but he um, <laughs> got successful because he was building ponds in this kind of 20-step uh, system. And he was, you know, trying to be efficient with he and his crew and okay. other landscapers, you know, wanted to know what he was doing and how he was doing these uh, you know, ponds in a day and seemed the customers were happy with them, you know, mm-hmm. and how are you doing this? And so um, he developed a, a whole system around that. So we have a 20-step philosophy of building ponds. Oh, okay. So are those 20 steps listed somewhere or that's like the Aquascape secret? No, no they're, they're totally available. We have it on uh, there in our catalog and oh, okay. uh, on our website, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to create it. A lot of people are kind of... Um, wary of a system because it seems you know i'm a unique creative mm-hmm. artist i don't want to be handcuffed by a system but yeah. what tends to happen is it's every rock is different every yard is different so every pond really is unique and so mm-hmm. we're kind of taking this sort of cookie cutter approach to building ponds yet each one is is very unique it's, mm-hmm. it's actually almost virtually impossible to build two ponds exactly the same 
So yeah, um, we're seeing a lot of you know creative artists. That's what a lot of our you know pawn contractors are. Um, that just like the the simplicity of a system they can follow in order to create their unique masterpieces. So. Right. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask. So just because uh, homeowners, if they're following along, and we've mentioned the website just a couple of times, what is the website that they can maybe look up the 20 steps as they're we're looking yeah. at things as they follow along? So a couple avenues. So our website, um, it's www.aquascapeinc.com. And uh, so Aquascape Incorporated, or inc.com. And the other avenue is our, our YouTube channel i don't know if okay. i can say it yeah but anyway yeah so aquascape ponds um is the youtube channel okay and there we've you know youtube is is tough for the last six years we've been putting out a video every friday and so we've tried to catalog those some of them are you know product related some of them are around uh targeting you know some of the new contractors out there and and uh so it's kind of a bit of a, a not a mishmash but it's a yeah. collection of of pond videos some of them are you know, focused on our product, on our pumps, and you know, troubleshooting pumps or seasonal. You know, come spring. You know, a lot of ponds are going to be open soon, mm-hmm. or they, you know, the yep. snow's all melted away. At least for this week, it might snow again tomorrow. But, you know. <laughs> but uh, that thought of you know, hey, it's time to start looking at uh, yeah. you know maybe separating those lilies and you know and opening that pond. Yeah. So. Okay. No, that's great. It's good to to know. I mean, YouTube is kind of. I think everything you need to know now is on YouTube. <laughs> For but sure. but yeah. it's nice to know that it's not some guy out there putting out what you should do. Like it's you. You guys have tested it. It's you're standing behind it. These are your twenty steps. Yeah. I mean that it that I think adds more even more credibility to oh, YouTube yeah. about it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, Aquascape. We just celebrated our our twenty fifth year of business last year. Wow. Um. So we've yeah we've been around and and uh, you know. Trying to test uh, as much product as, as possible. We actually have an R&D division in our um, Chicago area, uh, where our head office is, um, just in St. Charles, Illinois. If anyone's passing through there, definitely <laughs> uh, check out Aqualand. Ooh, is that really, really what it's there. called, Ernest? That? Is that really what it's called? It is called Aqualand. Uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> Gary! Come on, you've got to have a comeback for that. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Sounds for it sounds fishy to me. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. have the world's biggest water slide at Aqualand. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's it's a one of a kind workplace uh, facility, definitely. Um, one massive pond out front. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. You know, I encourage anyone to go to the yeah. the website and take a look at that. And um, that was designed and built with uh, a number of our. Uh, certified contractors. Okay. We have a, a certification process that we encourage landscape professionals to to go through. Um, so that would be another uh, thing I'd mention to homeowners mm-hmm. if they are looking for a pond contractor is to look for someone who has uh, put some time and effort into to being trained and, okay. and being certified to to build ponds. That's a great segue. That was our next topic, yeah. Ernest. Thank you. Nice. You, you segued yourself. That was wow. perfect. <laughs> um, so, if homeowners are looking for contractors and they they realize that it's too big of a project or they want to do that, they, then that's great to know that. So, there are yeah. Aquascape certified contractors. Yeah. Can um, is that how hard of a process is that? That's uh, not hard at all. We okay. have uh, a locator on our website. They can just. Uh, um, you know, almost pre-qualify themselves to those contractors, you know, indicate 
uh, you know, what stage of the, the game, if you will, they're at. Okay. Um, if they're just, you know, testing the waters, want to see what's available, they can indicate that. Or, you know, I'm ready to buy. I've already done some research. And, you know, what can you offer me? And our locator will send it out to three um, CAC, Certified Aquascape Contractors, in their area. And they'll, you know, receive an email within a, you know, a day or two from okay. those companies. And uh, they can follow up from that aspect. Okay. And from the contractor side, um, what is it? What's involved in being certified? Oh, that's uh, yeah. No, it's it, uh, we try to make it, not, you know, not as difficult as possible. But we definitely want to, um, you know, make those folks the the best of the best. Okay. So there's a fair bit of, of of training that we provide, and we ask them to take part in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, a few uh, networking events we want them to be a part of. Um, you know, when you can rub shoulders with folks that have been doing things for, you know, a long time, right. you know, your company does much better. And right. So we have yeah. uh, events that we put on for uh, contractors to, to attend, and we kind of make it as part of that process. Um, there is some, you know, an online training component, oh, which is, good. you know, not the difficult side of it, but it's yeah. just it's something to do. It's education. Um, they're learning, they're, um, you know, gaining knowledge. Um, and then it comes down to how they run their businesses, really. And mm-hmm. so we want to see, you know, some, um, obviously, construction videos. We want to see what their are pictures, yeah. how they've done uh, what they did, as well as the testimonials from at least three uh, installations that they've completed. Okay. Um, and it's every... Two years we require this recertification, so it, it's a it's an ongoing process, and we kind of want to keep them uh, accountable to themselves and to us, and ultimately to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do take that uh, quite seriously as far as uh, our desire to make sure that you know the ponds are done right and the customers are served right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know that it's not just you know a ten minute. You yeah, know, <laughs> to sure. watch yeah, this no. ten minute video and you're now certified <laughs> to install a pond. So no, I, mean, I, I think that calls I get just yeah. of uh, you know what I've been building you know for a long time. <laughs> Can't you just you know give me a little rubber stamp and let it go? And, uh, we've kind of taken that power away from all ah, of us. So we need to get to know. Yeah, we want them to. It's just you know it, we want to take that seriously. The customers expect it, and uh, you know the homeowner wants to be um, you know taken care of and, mm-hmm. and not uh, yeah. Okay. What a great value to so. Yeah, for sure. And the yeah, so we've we've covered a lot. Oh my goodness, lots to talk. We've still got some time. So yeah. So Ernest, um, just coming from the garden center kind of background, um, yeah. people always ask about pumps. Mm-hmm. What yeah. size do I need? Oh, does this work? How? So what are what do we need to consider? How do we choose the right pump? Great question. Yeah, I know there's, uh, I don't know how many, you know, aquarium people have called and said, I've got my little, you know, aquarium pump and I want to, you know, put it in my, you know, eight foot pond, you know. And that kind of thing. And you can't do like, that? No. <laughs> you're going to end up with a small little trickle, you know, just a stream of water. So the thought is um, you want enough power, um, sorry, water volume okay. moving through that pump. And so a couple calculations are how far away the pump needs to run. So from one end of the pond, again, one of the 
principle of pond building is circulation. We want to circulate all the water in the pond, so from one end to the other. So we want to account for that distance, as well as height. How high up does that pump need to power from water level to the start of the waterfall? Each pump has a performance chart, um, basically a, a technical spec, if you will, um, that says how much power that pump can provide at various head heights. Um, there's a, whatever, a fluid technical term, but it's basically measuring the effect of gravity on the performance of that pump. Okay. So from water level, if it needs to pump up five feet, we call that five feet of head height. Okay. Now, distance is a little different because if I'm pumping it 15 feet away, it's not really 15 feet of head height. Um, so for every 10 feet of distance equals one foot of head height. So 15 mm. feet would equate to about a foot and a half of head height on the performance of the pump. The other factor consider, to consider is the width of the spillway, so of the stream um, or the, yeah, however... The width of the, the, the weir width, basically, of the, of the expectation of that water. So I kind of want, you know, depending on the, the waterfall, I want to have, you know, maybe half inch of water flowing over that rock. Okay. So in order to calculate that, a quick rule of thumb is just about 1,500 gallons per hour per foot of waterfall is a comfortable number, if you will. And um, that gives a good half inch of flow coming over a waterfall. And when you say one foot of waterfall, you mean like one foot width of waterfall. That Correct. still weighs one, one foot. One foot width. Yeah. Okay. So two feet, you're going to have a 3,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And that's the calculation at that spot. So on, on top of that, you're going to consider how far away it's going and how high up it's going to go. So when I look at my performance chart, if I'm 15, if my skimmer box or where my pump is sitting, it doesn't really go over. Uh, building the pond, but pumps we like to put in what we call skimmer boxes. Okay. Everyone's familiar with pools, mm -hmm. uh, pool skimmer. Um, our submersible pumps we put in the skimmer. That way we're drawing water uh, across the surface of the pond, pulling any debris and um, okay. uh, sticks and leaves and other things off to one little uh, skimmer box, which has a basket in it and you can empty it out. But that is your furthest distance, and then you're going to pump it. Say we're going 15 feet away and up maybe two feet. So we're looking at, say, three and a half feet of head height. On the performance chart, if I've got a two-foot-wide waterfall or water, you know, somewhere along the stream I have two feet wide and I want to make sure that it's full of water coming over that, that stream, then I want to say at those dimensions, 15 feet and two feet of head height, um, so three and a half feet of head height, I want to have 3,000 gallons an hour. Okay. So it's when I look at the, you know, I go to the retailer, the garden center, or the stone yard, wherever is carrying um, Aquascape product, uh, um, I want to look at a pump that's going to be doing that at that spot. So there oh, okay. are multiple pumps available. Uh, we've tried to design pumps for their application. So we have pumps that are designed for ponds, for skimmers. Um, we do have pumps that are designed to go directly in the pond as well. Okay. Um, sort of solids handling pumps. Yeah. And then we have pumps that are designed for some of those um, fountainscape products, uh, just decorative uh, um, bubbling features. So looking for a, a skimmer pump, um, our line is the Aqua Surge pump. I want to look at maybe the you know the 4,000 gallon per hour pump. 
because if I go with the 3,000, when I look at the chart and I have three feet of head height, it's not actually doing 3,000 gallons per hour at that spot. So oh, I'm going to okay. go with something bigger. Something bigger, okay. So that at that spot, it's doing what I want it to do. Okay. Now, for the smaller water features, so mm -hmm. go back to my example about, you know, putting a pump inside a... Uh, oh, a little container. Yeah, like something. a little, um, you know, yeah. like a nice ceramic pot, you know, like yeah. a 20-inch high ceramic pot, and then and having that sit in the garden. Is that... Yeah. Um, are there, I know we're not going to use the fish tank uh, pump, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but we have smaller, um, they're magnetically driven pumps. Oh, they okay. have mag drive pumps. They use very little power and they just convert the magnet power. Basically the positive and negative polarities are attached to a propeller or impeller and it spins and provides a, it sucks water in and pushes it up. Um, so for the, some of those, you know, ceramic pots, yeah, you're right, 20 inches or so I might mm -hmm. use. Um, we have a, a 320 statuary pump, uh, 320 gallon per hour. That'll get a you know a, a good flow coming out of that. Um, and the nice thing about those, you can actually we have bigger ones where you have um, you can attach it at I'm going to say T or a three-way splitter. Okay. So you can actually have multiple things running. Uh, maybe a you have a spitting frog off one side, mm -hmm. you know, uh, up through your, your ceramic urn. Um, you can have it attached into the pond as well or has a standalone feature too. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we have anywhere from our pumps range from 70 gallons per hour, so really small statuary pumps, uh, mimicking some of those maybe tabletop water fountains. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Or even, yeah, some of the little ceramic urns or little mm -hmm. bowls and other things like that up yeah. to again we you know in our catalog we have up to 10,000 gallons per hour and available to the you know the landscape professional or pumps in the you know hundreds of thousands of gallons per hour so wow tens of thousands yeah sorry, <laughs> so yeah. that helps definitely. So there's going to be wherever the homeowner goes, so retail locations, there will be a uh, one what you call the performance chart that can kind of help Correct. them. Yeah, and we put that right on the packaging as well. Okay. Um, they can look at each each pump and see what it's doing, and so it, we try to give the the name of the pump okay. the gallons per hour that it's doing. So our you know, our Ultra 400 is kind of doing the 400 right. gallons per hour. Okay. At, zero head height, if you will. Now, when it comes to budgeting for a pond, is that, should then people start looking at, okay, this is how much, because that is that the most expensive thing, I would think, right? Would be the pump? Uh, or one of the most expensive things? Most expensive, yeah. <laughs> okay, so would they kind of, would that kind of be a way for them to budget? Like, say, okay, I want this size hmm. price, or price point for a uh, pump, and then kind of base every, I guess that's probably looking at it backwards, right? It's kind of looking at it backwards. Okay. So I would, I would hesitate to go that route. Okay. Um, that kind of comes to, okay, I want this pond size, but I can only afford this pump, so I'm going to go with a smaller pump, and then the whole system kind of doesn't work properly because you're not, you know, you're not turning the water over enough. Right. And other things like that. So really, um, it almost has to be... Um, I guess I was thinking, pick the pump and then start digging your hole. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As, no, opposed, to, as opposed to that, yeah, um, like digging a, digging a hole that's too big kind of yeah. thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just coming down to, yeah, making it work for uh, what's, what you can do with your, with your yard. And if it means, 
you know, saving for a little longer so you can yeah. get a, the proper size pump, then I would, I would do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So, so we're, now we're moving all these, this water earnest are all these pumps also filters? Does this count as a filter, these pumps? It doesn't. Um, Ooh, okay. Moving the water is, is just one aspect of that uh, pond recipe. The filtration side is a whole other other side. So oh, okay. pumps, all they do is move water from A to B and back to A. Um, and you're really missing out on the filtration side. So I mentioned about the, the skimmer being part of that filtration system. That's your mechanical filtration so it's physically removing debris okay and then there's biological filtration um i mentioned earlier about you know the nitrogen cycle and and uh, working with natural processes so um, a filter a true filter is really using uh, beneficial bacteria giving it a, an area to grow and and build and use up the ammonia and the nitrites that are being built up in the pond and naturally filtering that water so just having a pump and liner isn't a filtered pond. You're right. We get that question often. It's okay. like, well, I've got a foam uh, filter on the end of my pump. Isn't uh-huh. that you know, good enough for filtration? <laughs> but uh, no, you really want to have a, uh, a separate uh, filter system. Okay. And that's neat that it can be a b- beneficial, like beneficial bacteria. So that's like something that you're adding to the water? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So the other aspect is, in a in a natural system, all that beneficial bacteria is being picked up as the water passes, you know, through tree roots and swamps and bogs. Mm, yes, um, okay. In a closed system like we've created in our yeah. ponds with liner, we need to add that beneficial bacteria right. uh, to the oh, pond. Okay. And the nice thing about it, um, once it's added, it grows and cultivates. And especially if there's fish present, the ammonia and nitrates that are released by them. Um, feeds the plants that are there and the fish you know use up the plants and algae and they create more waste you end up this really neat oh, <laughs> circle of life happening. yeah for sure uh, if you listen carefully you can hear the you know the lion king music going <laughs> <laughs> that's good um now is it something that you have to i just picture now like I, those little tabs that i have to test the pool water with like are we <laughs> testing our pond water like weekly or daily no, or the no nice thing about it okay it, uh, it somewhat balances itself okay and we've tried to design uh the water treatments to be as user-friendly as possible. Excellent. So, uh, Matthew might remember years ago when we had, um, when I started with the company, it almost seemed like you needed a bit of a chemistry degree, degree <laughs> to, you know, balance the water. Yeah. Two parts per, you know, <laughs> thousand grams of this. And, yes. But now we've, like the pool. we've simplified oh my gosh, it yeah. to, uh, you know, as a pump top bottle. Basically, if they know the the volume of water within their pond, maybe I'll throw another calculation uh, to your listeners, is take the, the length, of the pond times the width and because we've created shelves um, i don't want to really just take the depth i want to take an average depth and then multiply that by 7.48 wow and everyone remembers back from you know grade eight physics class (laughs) that's the calculation for um, figuring how many gallons will fit into a cubic foot okay so i take you know a a while ago but go ahead Eight by ten, eighty feet. Uh, take that by, you know, if I'm going to go two feet, my average is about a foot. Okay. And then, um, you know, so eight by eight by ten by a uh, foot, roughly, or even one point two or so, you know, an average depth, and then multiply that by seven point four eight, 
and you're looking at about 700 gallons, 720 gallons or so of, of water. So now I know in that pond I've got 700 gallons. We've made it so that the water treatments are a measured dose with each squirt of the water treatment. Oh, so wow. our beneficial bacteria for this pond example, it would be seven squirts of that, you know, into that water feature. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, I might do it twice a week. Uh, throughout the season, I might be doing it every other week or oh, every, okay. every so week. Okay, so it's not too bad then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so you don't and have then, to do the testing. Okay. Yeah, so we have, and unfortunately, it's funny because we've tried to make it as simple as possible, yet it seems difficult for, for some. And it's, it, we're all busy, and it, yeah. you know, it, it's not a priority. So we've actually come up with an, an automatic dosing system, which is, you know, as simple as it gets. Oh, wow. <laughs> Basically, you, you plug it in. It operates like an IV for the pond. Okay. And it uh, just, you know, twice a day it'll pump in. Um, it actually is a similar pump to an IV, um, parastatic pump. And so it just uh, pumps in the required dosage for that pond, takes the guesswork out of the oh, uh, treatment of that pond. Wow, that's great. Wow, we've covered a lot, yeah, Ernest. And time has yeah. flown. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! Yeah, look at the time. <laughs> I know. So we've, we, I think we've covered a lot and given a really great overview for our listeners. Great. Um, is there any uh, anything like you'd like to promote? I mean, in addition to you know your YouTube channel, your catalog, mm -hmm. your website, uh, are you doing any events? Uh, anything else that you'd like to promote promote to our uh, uh, listeners? You know what? One of the the fun things we as a company had a couple years ago was uh, um we had a, an opportunity to be part of a TV show. And so if you, if anyone subscribes to Nat Geo Wild, you can look up the Pond Stars. Oh, okay. Um, and then if you're on YouTube, there's another one that we tried was the Aquascape Pond Squad. And what we, it was just ways we tried to, to communicate to consumers what they can have in their yard. And so okay. it's very visual. It's, I mean, they're, they're kind of fun episodes if you're into reality, quote unquote, TV shows. Yeah. Um, but those are two items. The other side is just, yeah, visit our website, visit our, our YouTube channel, um, um, visit the retailers that are carrying our product. We have a, a list of retailers on our website okay. as well. Uh, get inspired. Really just add water feature. One of our uh, exciting things we like to say, and it's true, about 80% of, of pond owners uh, bought a pond. They say they bought a pond because they saw a pond or a water feature. Okay. Um, so definitely, I mean, my encouragement is to, to take a look and see uh, what can be done in your yard, um, whether it's a big elaborate water feature that someone builds for you, or like you said, just a little, uh, you know, everyone's seen those little you know, cistern pumps that can attach to a little you know, yeah. whiskey barrel and create a, a little water feature of your own. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just definitely add water feature, add water to your yard. Add water. Well, thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Ernest, yes, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Ernest. It was You're great welcome. To... Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I, I learned a lot, so I'm sure our listeners have as well. So uh, thank you, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Okay, Thanks bye for now. Much. Have a good night. Thanks. Night, Ernest. Bye-bye.